0: Pickett, she lays it off, Teresa Palaz. It's an absolute peach.
1: is driving. Yes! What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. Minamara, one now. welcome back to Radio Dub. It's been a minute. It's been a month. It might have been two months. We're it's back been a long time. With, it's been a long time, but we're back with a cracking show, I think. Two amazing guests. One in the waiting room at the moment, I'm Pekua impong. You've seen my face before, but we've got a new face, a new co-host. Josh Parrish has left, and I said, We need like we need us like another replacement, but an replacement. Avenger level replacement. Lucky Flame. Avenger level. Yeah, Avenger level, that's what I'm saying.
2: I can only assume you mean one of like the, the less like notable war machine or guy. something.
1: You're coming in, coming in strong. Wow, Joined okay. by you've heard the voice before. If you've listened to FNR. It's the sweet sorry, tones of Lockie Flanagan. Lockie, what does it feel like to be on Radio Dub?
2: It's nice. I've been uh, looking on at Josh Parrish for many months of the existence of this program with uh, with great envy. You always get to talk to uh, such good people on this program and talk about such good things. I'm excited to be a part of it. Shall we get to one of those uh, those good people? Uh, so we'll we, get to one of them them very very shortly.
1: We should. We should. Lockie, but who who have
2: we got on? Who have we we've got on?
1: Mark Torcaso. If I've pronounced pronounce pronounce it correctly. You, you know, if I've pronounced incorrectly, he'll let me know.
2: Who the else? Man, who who else? else though? It's because Mark Torcasso is, is a headline on his own. That that's all you need for one show. But we have two guests. Joining we do us.
1: have two guests and you know what? Last night we me and you both were at the uh Nike FC Cup between uh Heidelberg and South Melbourne. And Francesca Iamano, these names I'm gonna get them correct. She's You're on in the North she's on at five thirty with us. Switch that around a little bit, but we'll get to Mark, the man who wears many hats, coaches for new A-League women's head coach. Lockie, is he in? Are we here? He
2: he is with us. Mark Torcaso. obviously a man of many hats, as Pakua said, but most importantly of which the inaugural A-League women's head coach for Western United. Uh, Mark, first of all, congratulations. Thank you, guys. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, coming through loud and clear. Uh, First of all, obviously, we always, I think... Suspected that this uh, news might be coming to fruition. I think secretly within the uh, the walls of Football Nation Radio, we also would hoped it, that it would, would be it the be case. The
1: worst kept secret, Lockie.
2: Quite, quite Couple. possibly. But, but how pleased are you, Mark, to, to finally get this uh, this news that you are the head coach of Western United confirmed?
0: Um, no, like, uh, pretty pretty excited to be quite honest. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be a good little journey. Obviously, uh, the Western United journey is is only fresh, so this is just um. Uh, a, a part of it and I'm, I can't wait. It's going to be so exciting.
1: Mark, I want to go back to, you know, you, you're coaching Calder, you know, having exciting, being great, great club and great history. When did you f- first hear about potentially, you know, you guys going Western United, you guys going to the Western United fold and heading into the A-League Women's?
0: Uh, it was probably around 2018 where we had a very – 2018-19, we had a very first initial – uh, discussion that the club wanted to go towards um, being part of a national competition and then it was around obviously when Western was established um, after that that um, we sort of approached them and said that how do we be involved in potentially being part of a national competition because we always had this ambition that Calder wanted to be part of the A-leg mm-hmm. someday um, but then once Western was formed um, it was a matter of uh, just you know connecting with the western the Western Melbourne group and then talking to them about what our, view, our views were and future was um, and then it just literally all uh, joined the dots just joined then it was just a matter of how do we make this happen and then we just put some ideas together and uh, and then here we are today it's just um, it, it happens like it feels like it's happened really quickly um, but it's it's going to be so exciting I can't we can't wait
2: Mark, we've obviously spoken a few times when you've been with us on the, the green room in your sort of then role as a as Academy Director of, of Western United, and it's something we touched on a lot, but I want to bring it up for, for a, a sort of fresh set of ears, the uh, the Radio Dub listeners as well. I mean, thinking back to what you've just said there about sort of Calder's ambitions to be an elite league women's team at some point, Western United also sharing that ambition, uh, both of you guys being based in the West, and Calder as well having this sort of, Unique selling point, I guess, coming into the A League Women's as a team with a, a full top to bottom setup—you know, an academy as well—it it really does feel like this has been, uh, you know, not just a, a partnership kind of made in heaven in as many ways, but also um, the fact that it is such a, a landmark announcement. It's all sort of happening at the perfect time, too.
0: Yeah, I think the the um, biggest part of this that we should be excited about is it's another pathway for young girls uh, and females to have. Uh, an opportunity to play at the highest level um, and if it's not a league level on the highest level there's an opportunity to play at MPL level with Calder and if it's not at that level um, then you got your community bases around that but there's a, a genuine pathway from you know your mini roos your sevens and eights right through to MPL at Calder and then now um, it, right into your pathway in the W league and and that's or the A league women's that's the um, that's been the intention that, that's sort of been something that has been sitting with me for all the years that I've coached, even prior to being at cold is that at some point there needs to be this pathway where we're feeding into an A-League women's side because um, one pathway, one sort of message all the way through could be pretty exciting. And um, I think that message is important is having one sort of clear message right through top to bottom. Um, so that's, that's I think, for me uh, the opportunity here for for girls to have that um, that extra pathway as well.
2: Uh, and that's kind of a, a, a testament to um, you know, the, the input that, that Western United have had in all of this and, and their commitment to women's football as well because you know, already in your sort of inaugural season, before a ball has even been kicked in, in you know, competitive football, you guys in terms of uh, that sort of um, youth level you know, top to bottom setup are already the, the benchmark in, in many respects with what you've got to offer there.
0: I think the like you said, it was it's a it was a match made in heaven because one really wanted um to be part of uh, a national competition and uh, the A League women's in, in Western United really wanted to have that connection and then uh it was obviously lucky enough Calder was a, a very successful uh women's side um since its inception in two thousand sixteen and uh and with Western obviously being located in the Western area, it just it was just a perfect connection and then um it was literally it was like a it was like a first date and we hit it off straight away.
1: <laughs> and now obviously, maybe in a first day, I don't know maybe it's happening at a first date, but you, you tell them what you what you see for the future? now, for you, Mark, what was the kind of things you wanted Western to know about Colder that you wanted to keep as an identity and you know for the future and say this is the club, but we want to build with you, but we also want to keep these things that we've you know grown and allowed mm. us to become who we are.
0: It was interesting because. Um, I don't know if it was by luck or if it was by coincidence or what it was, but the general sort of culture that we built at Calder and the general philosophies and visions actually really lined up with exactly the way the Western sort of group um, put their stuff together and it was just really weird and like sometimes you'd walk into conversations and meetings or you'd you'd watch a training session with with, uh, the A-League men's side and you look at things, you go like, oh my God, this is very similar. Um, I don't think there was anything that, uh, that was different. That was the really good thing that we didn't have to change too much with what was colder doing, and didn't have to change too much with what Western was doing. It's literally like we're both doing very much the same things. Obviously, um, you know, the colder identity is very important because um, you know that's a, a successful brand now in Victoria, and I don't think that that connection will ever be lost. Um, and obviously, the colder name won't ever be lost. But I think now the gen the the genuine pathway for players is what needs to be looked at is. You can play at colder in the NPL, but hey, there's an opportunity to step into an A-League women's side here as well with Western being the partner. So, I guess it just married up again because of the the two the two entities had very much the same visions and philosophies, so, and the cultures was very much the same.
2: Well, speaking of players potentially being involved at Calder and making the transition across to to Western United, we've we've heard your reaction about you know the official announcement, not just about. Uh, Western United being part of the A-League Women's, but also you being the head coach, what was the reaction of the the playing group? You know, uh, many of whom uh, you'd imagine will maybe get a chance to to feature as part of that senior side when it was uh, confirmed.
0: Yeah, without letting too much out of the bag, I think all the all the players were very excited because not not that they've come to Calder for the fact that there was a a, a connection with an A-League Women's side, but I think uh, like going back before, just knowing that there's an opportunity for them who might have missed out on previous years um, in other A-League spaces um, to have an opportunity. And um, I think that was the main thing for, I guess, m- my message to the players. I wanted to be clear that obviously, you know, Cold has got a, a job to still do here and finish this season off and be successful and win everything that we can. But some of them, uh, some of the players will have that opportunity. And I've been very clear with that. It doesn't, obviously, just because you're, not, you're at cold it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have that opportunity, but, uh, obviously, you're in that window um underneath my my eyes, which is important um but I think just that excitement there was, was there as well for them like they, they were much as, as excited for for me as as I guess I was and as the club was because um they're along this journey uh w- with myself uh, as well so you know if I could take all of them, I would, but um the reality is is everyone's in in different stages of the development, and there might be a group this year and there might be another group next year but um, yeah, uh, without telling you too much of who's who's going to have that opportunity, um, there'll be a few. There'll be a few, definitely.
2: Absolutely, and, and we know as well if, if uh, you know previous evidence is anything to go by from Western United, they are a very ambitious club, and we saw them you know sort of hit the ground running with uh, big signings for their A-League men's side when they first came in. Are there plans afoot to to bring in some you know to complement that existing colder base with some uh, some uh, headline signings potentially?
0: Definitely, uh, in in that um, obviously, if, if you follow the women's game a fair bit, there's there's definitely a couple of names that have been thrown around. Some overly ambitious, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, as as you would know, Chris, the way Chris is, he, he likes to he likes to be very ambitious. But that's good, um, that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, there, there'll be players that that will be some established, um, uh, some you know important figures that are that are going to going to set our team up. But um, I. I I wouldn't expect a mata or anyone like that as, at the moment, but who knows? We, we can we can try for anything. We can we can have a look at that.
2: Look, I, I think I speak on behalf of myself and Puku, and we say we well, don't have any problem with a uh, an aim for the aim for the stars and Absolutely hit the moon you know. kind of transfer <laughs> policy. That's perfectly fine. I
1: think that is the best transfer policy. <laughs> now, Mark, obviously, heading into the A League Women's, it's it, it is a step up. Like even if you keep you know, there's a majority of your players, and if you get additional. Things, it is going to be a step up how do you foresee those challenges and how do you see you, yourself and your your coaching staff kind of challenge um you know tackling those challenges
0: um I, I think this year um not not that it was confirmed that i was going to be the coach or not um you know prior to this season i i sort of started preparing myself in a different way as a coach in in regards to the way i was you know sort of training the col in the colder setup and utilizing staff more and all that type of stuff so it was almost like i was going to start preparing myself regardless even if I did get the job or not um, because I just thought it was a good opportunity for me to develop myself a bit more as a coach so um, there's no doubt that the stepping stone into that level is going to be a huge step obviously. Um, I've I've been lucky enough to work in that space as a goalkeeper coach with Victory back um, in 2014 to 16 so I sort of uh, know that that setup and that environment how it needs to look but um, from myself, from my perspective, I had to adjust my coaching and change certain things because uh, it is a big step, you know, the demands of more training. Um, you, got, you got to challenge the players obviously a lot more and, and obviously you're going to be challenged a lot more. So um, definitely have to change that. But obviously it's also – it's it's fresh and new too. So um, we roll with the punches, I guess, And each day that, you know, each challenge that you're confronted with, you just adjust to it as best as you can but be as, pre- as prepared as you possibly can as well.
2: And I can't imagine for yourself or for, for players as well that it's easy necessarily to, to set expectations for an inaugural season in a professional competition. I mean, how many, how many people over the years have actually had to deal with that sort of a conundrum? But do you, do you feel like obviously the fact that there will be a good core. Uh, Without again, like you said, without wanting to give too much away, a good core of this this colder side. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm going somewhere. I promise. Uh, The fact that there will be a sort of, um, you know, a united group who have played together, know each other inside and out, um, as opposed to a situation you might find with other startup clubs where you've got to cobble together a, a full squad, learning to play together and understand one another for the first time. Do you think that gives you a sort of edge going into an inaugural season? The fact that there will be players who really, really know each other both on and off the pitch.
0: I think that, that is, uh that is a, a really important thing to be honest because um, well the one message that was clear when all these discussions were had was you know same message, same coach, similar players understanding the same way that we sort of wanted to play. Um, obviously you know going into a very first training session in a different environment, you know in different colors, I guess to some extent, um, even though we were a green at training, but at Calder, but uh, going into that sort of different um, environment, I guess it's always going to change the perception that you're in that sort of A-League sort of, I guess, setup now. So you you automatically shift that. I think though the important thing for me is having relationship, the right relationships with players, is going to be important uh, in this in this situation. Like knowing the players, knowing me, and me knowing some of these players. Um, knowing you know what I can get out of them, what they can get out of me, is probably going to be the real critical thing in this. Um, and then, obviously, with new players that come in, is adjusting to that. But you're not having to do that with you know 23 players potentially. You might only have to do that with sort of 10 or 15 because the other 10 already know who you are. So um, I guess that that's and that's a very important thing for me: is the players knowing myself and, and me knowing them to some extent, or the majority of them anyway. And that will hold them in good stead, I guess, you know, going into that season. So I, I don't know if it's an advantage, um, but I would definitely say it, it will help that we both know each other, I guess, initially.
1: Now, it's great to look into the future, but we the present is occurring. I don't know if it's happening at the same time. I don't know what the laws of time travel are. But, <laughs> Mark, Calder right now, top of the MPLW table, got a game next week for the Nike FC Cup, how are you? How are you feeling right now? How's you, how are you thinking about the season so far?
0: Um, I, I've been blown away to be honest because we went into this season with a little bit of because um, uh, we went in with obviously seven or eight fresh new young players from our under nineteen. So I didn't really have high, massive expectations. I obviously we wanted to be a top four side, um, but previous years we've had lots of experienced players, lots of W League players. Where this year we're going in with some really young, fresh players, and I was sort of. My expectations were high but they weren't you know what they have in previous years it's been let's 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 get as far as we can um and the way these girls have just adjusted and gelled um to each other uh, has been amazing and i think it would probably be up until you know obviously this weekend the best start to a season that we've ever had mm. um you know we've conceded only four goals i think in 15 games or whatever it is or 14 games and scored a lot and just playing extremely well. And the girls have just been amazing and listening to everything and learning. the most important thing for me is learning because some of them will have that next step and that opportunity to go to the next level. Um, So that's been the most important thing for me is they've learned a lot, but we've managed to get points along the way, which is great. And obviously we've got a Nike FC Cup game on Tuesday too. So um, I've just been looking at all these games as experiences for these players. Um, so that's that's been so important for for this group at the moment.
1: I think you've been a little bit modest,. Mark. It's a little <laughs> bit modest, you know, four goals conceded. I feel like the book needs to come out from this coaching stuff because
2: well, we we've got a name for it in, in commentary land. it's just the the colder canter oh, because they just hey, get out and like and they just uh, you know go steadily along. they just keep keep going the way they're it's
1: going. It's Way too modest. Mark. I think we need, we need to brag a little bit more. Come on, Mark.
2: No,
0: and I, I it's listen. The, the girls have been they've been rippers. I, I can't fault them. The commitment has been huge, um, and I, I guess they like we don't have an out-and-out out goal score. I can't even think of who is leading our goal scoring because I think like ten players have scored like six goals each. It's just the way it's just worked with five goals each, whatever it is. It's just amazing. So um, you know, through all cup competitions, it's it, it's been pretty good. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't like to I don't like to talk like that though. <laughs>
2: it's it's funny mark i'm i'm actually thinking back to uh what you were saying when we we Josh and i spoke to you on the green room right after the opening round of the season where you were sort of saying that you know you were sort of uh managing your expectations a little bit because of how many young players uh were coming into the side but lo and behold the under 19s have come up and uh made the leap they've understood the sort of Colder identity and Understood way, way I think of way of playing now quite now. easily. I feel like that kind of uh, to sort of bring this full circle. That kind of speaks to to what you were saying before about the strength of being able to, you know, take a, an identity, a way of playing, a style, and implement it from the top down. Because those players have come in and have not looked out of place at all, and it's allowed you to have, you know, the incredible season you've had so far.
0: And that yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Uh, you know, even before with the going into the A League is if you've got a nucleus and then you've got to bring in a few outside of that, as long as you get your change room, right, you get your culture, right. Um, like more often than not, it all falls into place. Not saying that we're going to have uh, four goals conceded after 14 rounds <laughs> in the W league and the A league women's, but it, it, we'll, we'll have, we'll definitely have a go at it. But um, I think the team setting and that culture is the important thing. It doesn't matter if you're a first year player in the seniors or you've been there for how many years, or you're an experienced player like an Alex Sinclair. It's, um, as long as you bring it all together and you make it work and, and you make everyone I guess feel very important and part of the group um, I guess it just it just flows and like we don't look at results each week and go all right yeah this weekend we've got to do this or this weekend we've got to do that we, we put high expectations on the players to perform and it just it just flows uh, it's it's yeah, it's just an incredible setting to be quite honest
1: well mark thank you for joining us you know it's been I feel like we've we've learned something new and Maybe, Lockie, we're going to have the a, a fantastic rest of Radio Dub as Calder are having at the moment. Mark, thank you for joining us, and good luck for the no rest no of the season, and good luck next season as well. And hopefully, we'll have you back on the show. And we'll take a break. No problems. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back shortly with uh, some more interesting chats and even more
0: guests. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Palacios.
1: From our first break, we just spoke to Mark Torkashe, the new, the newly announced Western United A-League women's uh, head coach and the coach of uh, Cold United. And look, he had a great time. What a yeah. nice
2: man. He is, a, is a, a very, very, very kind man. He he once, when we had him on uh, Western United's club show, The Green Room, uh, which hopefully he'll be on in, in, season. in upcoming seasons. Yes. Um, he joined us, he ducked out of a dinner, a family dinner that he was in to, to come and chat to us, which it's I mean, think is a... T- I mean, he, he did say that he wanted to get out of the dinner, but still, hey, still.
1: He understood the assignment and his side are understanding the assignment, but you know what? Fantastic with Colder and they had an even a great weekend as well, and they winning 1-0 against Alamein on the weekend, and lucky. Weird game for Colder because you never really think of Calder only scoring one one goal, but Alman are a really difficult side and they've shown that they're a tough side to beat with a lot of key players. What were, you, what were your thoughts a little bit on the game?
2: Well, I mean, we spoke a little bit to to Mark about it earlier. It, look, it wasn't it was a tight it was a pretty tight yeah. affair. I mean, Alman are a side who we've seen on quite a few occasions against the sort of. Uh, leading lights of the NPLW this season that they can put up a seriously stern test. I mean that they're, they're absolutely I, they're probably best of the rest for me. I yeah. think that's that's not a controversial thing to say by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and it, yeah, it was a really really tightly fought contest for a good 70, 74 minutes, and then yeah on on the break, uh, Alex Sinclair was screaming down the left hand side, and it was uh, Maya Haston who just. Gave her a little shove in the back and got her marching order. So maybe maybe uh, she did a, her sort of. Did Marksville Castle a little bit of a favor. Of course, uh, Maya was um, part of the development, the Western United development squad. So maybe she's someone that we see involved in that capacity in the future. But Love maybe you. that connection just,
1: just doing. Maybe you're an Oracle? Like Maybe a, you're just like a little King bit of a favor. Like I don't a, know. You're looking into the future and you're, you're just you're just trying to. Maybe painting a picture for us. I don't
2: know. Anyway, anyway, after after Colder – uh, got that sort of um, you know advantage, having the extra player on the field. They were eventually, they started to get a few more chances on goal and in transition, it was uh, uh, just a really lovely act- move, to be honest. Yeah, uh, Alana really Alana Cern playing this beautiful, ball. sweeping ball uh, across to the left-hand side of the pitch, I believe, for Stacey Papadopoulos. She got the cross in. Harriet Withers missed it uh, on the edge of the sort of goalkeeper's technical area, but luckily, as uh, she sort of had a fresh air, who else but Alex Sinclair... At the back post to smash it back across the face of goal and give Colder another win and another clean sheet. They they conceded for the first time in seven weeks yeah. the week before against Bayside and they were like, "Not I again." I didn't enjoy that conceding no, thing too much. Um, let's let's not do that again. But so back to the clean sheets. But it's something we've we've
1: come to notice from Colder They have beautiful passages of play um, through that midfield and they just are so such a t- tough team to break down. It's obviously indicative with that those only conceding four goals all year. And I think they're kind of just – maybe maybe this game, typically, they probably could have put a few more in the back of the net, but I think they're just going through the motions at, at times and just getting themselves to that finish line and getting ready for that finals.
2: Well, I mean, it's like I said to Mark before, it's the colder canter. Yeah. This is just what they do. They get into a Well-oiled groove. machine. They get into a rhythm and they just bang out the results. That's something that they're continuing to do. Well, a team who has been banging out results this season, but uh, not not particularly good ones, not not the right kind of results. Uh, are Bayside United, but that changed this weekend.
1: I feel finally. Like, I really feel like we need like some really big cinematic hands in, but just like some triumphant music because yeah. I'm very happy for Bayside because Bayside sometimes they have glimpses of you know of showing through. They, they there is some quality there, but they they've really struggled to score goals at, like even from last season and. Finally, finally they scored a goal. They scored two, in fact, Lockie. And the FV Emerging side, they couldn't get, they couldn't break the door, which a lot of teams this year have been able to break down Bayside and comfortably beat them. But I'm really impressed and I'm really, I'm happy for them and I'm proud of that side.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a costly result for FV Emerging, really, because they're, they're, they've they're got a game in hand. They are two points adrift of Alamein in, in fifth spot and, you know, that game in hand is against Bullen, so it's by no stretch of the imagination a sure thing. Even if they have had competitive results against the Lions this year, um, that's a they, they could have sort of made that yeah that top four spot uh, a guarantee ahead of Alamein. But to to lose the Bayside, side, a really really disappointing result for them. Obviously, no Caitlin Carich in this yeah. game, which who's been a star for them, which is inevitably going to make a massive massive difference. But I, I don't know. I think sometimes these, um, you know. Younger sides yeah. can can have a tendency to to be a little bit rangy. There were some who were coming off um, short breaks, having been involved with uh, young Matildas, that sort of thing. I mean, Silver Bell Morris was coming off a short turnaround, as was Isabella Ricardo uh, as well. So there are a few players who had those sort of commitments, and maybe that sort of um, quick turnaround just showed for for some of the the key players. And yeah, it didn't hurt as well that uh, what the opening goal in this game for Bayside was just. Uh, complete freak of nature of a goal freaky. from Coco I've, Parker. I
1: just – it just like you see it and you always have to blink because you're like, how did that happen? And it reminded me of a goal we saw last night, which we yes, will speak about, we'll, talk we'll speak about about that a little bit later. But that goal, top ends, you reckon, do you reckon it was – was you know, could do that twice in a row or was it a bit Ooh, of a – Oh,
2: I don't know. I yeah. feel like that's the one of the ones you don't necessarily repeat. But, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go over to uh, npl.tv and watch – Coco Parker's opening goal for Bayside United, getting them their first win of the season, their first points since uh, the start of April. So, really, really has been uh, a long time for them, and we're we're glad, I think, to Absolutely. to see them to see them get a result. Uh, obviously, FC Bowling Lions will be playing FV Emerging in that game in hand before too long. But this weekend, they went down in in a second v third clash with Heidelberg United, and unfortunately for them, this, this look, I I watched this game. It was really, really tightly contested. Honestly, it could have gone either way, but unfortunately for Bulleen on the day, it was arguably two goalkeeping errors, one more sort of heinous than the other, that, that kind of cost them. I mean, the first half, they were absolutely in this game, and then out of nowhere, not long before the the halftime whistle, uh, Emily Shields has the ball. She's trying to play it out of her back four, and Daniel Wise... Just comes out of nowhere like a thief in the night, nicks the ball That's... off the bull in keeper and effectively taps in uh, to an empty net to make it 1-0. And then they swapped the keepers at halftime. Great to see Gabby Garden come back uh, from uh, from maternity leave yep. that, that she's been on. But then she had a, a little bit of a shallow clearance and that eventually led to um, towards Steph Galea getting the second goal. So those two continue to have their shootout at the top of the Golden Absolutely. Boot rankings too.
1: I think you just, you know, you went a little bit past Danielle Wise, who's been lethal mm. all year and just approach her and kind of scary. I, if I was a goalkeeper and she was coming at me, I'd be like, I'm going to be honest, I might have to give this goal up.
2: Well, this has been, I think, I, w- I was saying this last night during the, the Nike FC Cup semi-final. I think this is one of her sort of yeah. underrated abilities is her sort of, is her press work, is the the amount of forward pressure that she does and turnovers she's, and goals that she's been able to create through those um those turnovers. So it didn't work out for her quite in the right way last night though. She was a bit a bit off her game. We should Sh- probably uh we should get we- to that Nike FC cup semi-final, shouldn't we?
1: We should. And you know what? We've got somebody on the line who was there and you know what? Maybe there was some wi- there were some good celebrations after. I've I've actually never <laughs> seen people so excited The speed there, at which, there were people in the, tears there was honestly, more than one person in the speed at which the South Melbourne support the players on the bench ran onto that pitch I said Usain Bolt give that world record up these guys have got you beat yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we've got so
2: which one of those running players have we, have we got joining us we've
1: got Francesca Imano on the line and you know what Francesca tell us, tell us about the emotions the last night tell us the emotions now when you look back on the game from yesterday
3: Look, to be honest, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was one of the people that were crying. So (laughs) (laughs) that was me. We just
2: want to say there's nothing wrong with that. That's completely fine.
3: Look, you know what it was? I think in the moment when you've played for 90 minutes, your legs are aching mentally, like you cannot switch off. When that whistle, just that final whistle blew, it was just happy, sad, crying. Can't believe we did it. We've got a final to play. It was. Honestly, probably one of the best moments in my career, I can happily say. So, um, yeah, and, and all the girls got around each other. The whole club was around around each other. So, it, yeah, it was an amazing thing to be a part of. And I think um, even now, you know, we still have messages from everyone in the club or even, you know, people that are just, you know, supporters of the game that are just getting around us, just congratulating us on, on the win and the, and the turnover the game was. So, yeah, it's been great. And I think the celebrations aren't going to stop until the finals. To be honest, so we'll have two weeks of, of celebrations and um and yeah, so yeah, it's it's been it's been amazing.
2: I mean, we, we've sort of started like all good stories uh, started at the end, and we we, we probably should just we head should, a tiny should, bit back to back to the beginning because obviously going into this this game, it's been a, a pretty difficult last month for you guys in the NPLW, It's safe to say, obviously, you know, f- four losses in a row. The sort of is it, it was a bit of a. Disappointing result, particularly on the weekend against Bayside, having the lead and then sort of losing it in, in sort of a very short space of time right before the halftime whistle. Obviously, the changeover in manager as well. It's all this turmoil leading into this game to the point where you know, not many necessarily neutral people would have said, oh, this is going to be a south result. How, how were you guys feeling in going into this game? Because that's a very chaotic lead-in to, to such an important semi-final.
3: I think it was just really engraved in everyone's head that there is no second chances with this. It's it's not a league game. This is a this mm. is a semi cup final. Um and we need to lay everything on the pitch. I think, you know, mentally it shows everyone's character from South Melbourne just because, like you said, there was a whole lead up to everything. We, you know, within twenty four hours of the cup we had a new coach and mm. um, you know, he had to obviously, you know, I guess, try to work it out between now and then. And we had to, you know, put out all our trust in, into him and everything like that. So I just think it was, it's a, just a massive trust thing. I think we we all just knew we had to take a step back and just go through the motion. And like I said, it, it, it was all or nothing. And I think everyone truly on that park knew that. So,
1: yeah. Was when that, for you after that game, was it kind of like for the team, a breath, just a moment you could just breathe? Cause like there had been so much pressure, as Lockie said, and and you just spoken about like of everything that's culminated. You just feel like, wow, this is just like fantastic.
3: Yeah, it, it was a, a very very big moment of just relief. I, especially not even that it's a cup game. Obviously Heidelberg and South, it's mm. it's a derby. There, there's already rivalry there. We've we've gone down twice to Heidelberg in the league, and I think it was just the point to prove was bigger than than anything that was guys on the line. So. Um, Yeah, I think it was uh, just a massive sign of relief. And like I said, I think that's why we had girls in tears. We had girls hugging each other. We just, everyone was jumping on each other. There was definitely some head knocks. And, you know, I know that my perfectly placed bun definitely kind of ravelled out of that in that moment. So, yeah, it was, there was just way, way too many emotions. And I think outside of football and what that, you know, that meant to the supporters and, you know, our families that are always there and everything like that. So, it wasn't just massive for us it was just massive for anyone that that put in some time for south whether it's a player coach or yeah anywhere on the board
2: and look when you get a result as big as this and when you have a game that is you know a, a classic i think i think it's it's fair to say it was that sort of a game you're always thinking about you know what are all the pivotal moments you yeah. know you're looking back on all those sort of things and i think there wasn't a single bigger sliding doors moment in this game than when at 2-0 daniel wise misses an open goal and then within minutes down the other end, Jana Lawson scores this quite insane goal off a cross. I, I'm the jury still out. Did did she mean it? Was it was it a coincidence? Have you pressed her on it after uh, after the game? You know
3: what? I always say it: a goal is a goal. I, I definitely can't <laughs> talk. I know in my bowling match, um, I scored a I scored from you know a, a really weird position too. And you just get the: is it a shot or is it a cross? And to be honest, no one has even mentioned it to Jana. So maybe coming Thursday we might grill her a bit but look it, it it did the job and it and it gave us momentum so um I think she's one of those players where she can recognize the game so easily and, and we could tell that Maisel's did cu- keep coming off her line mm. and that chip was on um I just we just couldn't put it away and, and Jenna was the one to start it so yeah she had an, she had an awesome game as well and definitely just that that was the start of our our momentum build-up and it's nice to to get one back just before the the half whistle blows so
2: well it look it did give you momentum as you quite rightly point out but even at that point you're still 2-1 down against a heidelberg side who have beaten you twice in the league i mean this must have been for for a manager who's only spent you know 24 hours obviously he's been involved with the under 19s but 24 hours as head coach of your senior side this must have been a, a mammoth team talk. <laughs> what was the message at, at the Halftime Whistle? Maybe
1: it's like, I just got to say, maybe it's like, you know, what's that Denzel movie? And it's like, you know, when he's like running with them and then he gives them that gigantic speech and then they're just pumped up. I, I know fi- what you're
2: talking about. I just don't know the movie.
1: Friday Night Lights not Friday Night Lights. I don't know. We'll figure it out
3: later. Well,
2: either way, either way. <laughs> what was it like? You
3: know what it is? It's it's that score line. It's that 2-1 line, And I think it makes everyone nervous no matter how high up you are in your professional career it's that 2-1 scoreline that just makes everyone so nervous. Um, so I think, you know, in, in the team talk, it was, it was just reiterating that it was, it's a 2-1. We get one more goal. It's a 2-2. Two, two. We get another goal. It's a 3-2. Like that's how easy it can slip away. Um, but it was, you know, we had, and like I said, this is how much it meant to the club. We had, you know, ex-player Nat Martineau who's who's won champions and we've had Bubs, who of course, you know, is, is a legend. So they were both in our team talk, and I think you know between the Bubs and and the Nat and the George and all the you know you know our authors and everyone just putting in um, that little bit of motivation. That's you know that's what it was. And look, to be honest, that that talk from Bubs was probably one of the most craziest talks I've had in my career, and I think it just fired us all up. So it you know it was you cannot. Lose to this team, you cannot go down to this team. It's it's a derby. It's this, 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 and it's just that that motivation. I think we haven't had that in in the you know in the in the league games. It's this is how important it is, and I think in that moment, everyone just yeah, it was there was a switch. So, but like I said, it, it does come down to that two-one scoreline. Two, it it is the worst thing to play on. I, I honestly, it is just one more goal in, and everyone just gets nervous. So. That's, yeah, that's, that, that was the team talk. But it was get around each other. It was the same morals that we've had all season round. Get around each other, resilience. We need to win this game. And we're going to win it by having each other's backs and we're going to win it by, you know, exposing them in the moments that we can. You've got you to keep your mentality and you got to just let every bone in your body ache <laughs> until that whistle goes. So, yeah.
2: I mean – to thinking of of you know through the list of people who you'd want to yeah. give a team talk at halftime, you, you, Bubs is probably up there as like oh, your absolutely. your triple A kind of premier talent. I mean, we we saw her in the A League Women's she season was, this year. I
1: was feeling even when up. she
2: wasn't on the field, like even when she wasn't able to play, she was up against the fence. Uh, you could probably hear her when you were <laughs> playing against her in those important games.
3: Oh, uh, for sure, she is she is an amazing person, and that's why she has the name. She has. You know that's why everyone wants her to be around. So um, it, it it was a bit uh, it was a bit scary. Not gonna lie, I, I was smiling, and then all of a sudden I wasn't smiling. <laughs> it was serious. So yeah, but she yeah she, she's awesome, and and there was no one that could have said what they needed to say better than her. So
1: is it is it just like nice to have someone like Bubs around the team? Like because she's had so much experience. Is it, is it someone you go to for advice? Just obviously, you know, she was she gave that amazing team talk last night, but. Is it, like, throughout the season and just, like, just for you personally, she's someone that, you know, you look to for advice? Well, I mean, me and
3: Bubs go back from uh, my Melbourne City days as well. So for me personally, she's always going to be that person that drives the session and drives the girls because she knows how much it means and how much it meant to her when she was our age. Um, But, yeah, for sure, I think, you know, Bubs isn't a, a player with us currently. We all know that and she's, you know, Training and doing everything in her personal career. Um, so I mean, she, I don't, she can't be around for us as much as as we would want to, but she is there in, in the moments that we need her. And and um, the cup game was was that moment. So she yeah, she's definitely someone I think anyone would would definitely feel comfortable going to because, like I said, she knows how much it means um, to the club, to her, to every anywhere she has. she brings us presents. That's do or die. So that's what I guess any leader would kind of aspire to be as well.
1: Is going back to, like, I want to go back to that second half because I remember, you know, when the second half started, I just, like, was like, whoa, there is such an intensity from South Melbourne. Like, you guys, like, attacking them in the midfield. Because I think maybe in the first half, there was maybe, like, a one or two-second delay with, like, being, like, your reaction times to when Heidelberg were moving. But in the second half, you guys seem to be so ready and so alert and really closing down the space for them take me through that second half like how did you see that play out
3: i think it was just okay the nerves are gone it's 45 we've had a break we've all regrouped um we know what they're going to come out and do they're, you know it's very rare that, that a team's going to completely change their tactics i think especially with that midfielder um, you know that midfield situation with Heidelberg. they they were they were great they i felt like in the first half playing midfield that they were they had us like they were kind of just walking all over us. And like you said, that reaction time, we just kind of just couldn't work it out. I think going to the second half, it, we all just knew there needed to be more communication. Stay on your player. You know, you you have to basically wake up. And there was, you know, times where I'm just kind of screaming throughout the match. And I, I rewatched the game. And there was a, a point where even the commentator was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to repeat what Yamano said because I don't think I can repeat it. Um, but it was just you had to lift everyone up. Like I just keep saying it because that's how important it was. We we couldn't afford one player out of the eleven to drop on the park. So, um, I think we just came out with fire. Was that you? Lucky well, yeah. You I'm, gl- I'm glad you, you
2: I'm gra- glad you brought it up, Francesca, because because I was one of the two people who was commentating <laughs> was the it? game. I don't know. I didn't know whether that was whether that was me or uh, or Joey Lynch. But I, I'm I'm just the timing is perfect because it was what I was going to ask you about. Um, in in the game that that thing that you said that I, I will repeat part of was basically like uh you know you've got five minutes left you have to um and then the word I won't say <laughs> want it um you know obviously yeah. you're you're only 22 years of age still fairly fresh in terms of your your playing days but you do have that experience of, of obviously playing in the A League Women's as well and it is a very young South Melbourne squad you know when you're dishing out those kind of uh you know words. On the pitch, uh, in a in a sort of Bubs esque way, I guess. Where's do you, do you consider yourself, despite your age, to you know be a leader in this South Melbourne squad? I mean, considering the oldest player is probably uh, Cat Goff at, at like twenty six or twenty seven. I mean, how how do you see your sort of role in this side?
3: Yeah, I think, and I've always said I I never think that there's anything you know with you know age or experience. But if you have a voice, you have to use it, and and that's completely fine if you're. Um, if you're someone that's probably a bit more quiet and, you know, you don't want to really talk that much on the pitch, but if you are and, and you have it, you like, you have to use it because that's what changes games. Um, and I think, you know, especially, like you said, coming from A-League, you know, coming from Victory and you, I saw our leadership group and I was pretty quiet at, at Victory as well. So it's crazy, you know, you change teams and you have to, it, you know, it just depends on, on I guess, what, what level you're playing. But I learned so much from the leaders at Victory that I even said, you know, when we were finishing up for the season, I said, my goal is to bring that into South Melbourne because in the end, you're, people are going to still look at you as you came from A-League. You're an A-League player. It doesn't matter how many minutes you played. You had that experience and you need to bring all these girls that have the potential for sure to be at that level. So yeah, 100%. And I think everyone knows that I throw in a few swear words <laughs> here and there so that was nothing um, for a surprise it. for them but um, you know it's it's just puts in that like tiny of bit more emphasis to say no I'm, I'm, I'm swearing so this is this is real like this is real no, so and,
2: you, you and know, I th-
3: get it together
2: I think from from Bakura and I as two hey. people who have to spend a lot of time uh, standing near the fences commentating games never gonna find a complaint no. from us about a, about it. a square order or two it gives us something to talk about I
1: want to just go back to in you know, Melbourne if you think Francesca, have you got a medal from the winning the league last year? Sure do. Yes, come on. <laughs> what was sure do? Like, do you are you like looking at the like the medal or like is the medal in like a, is it in the top like shelf for like all your like? Because oh, I know you've probably won a lot of things in your life, and you know parents have been like, oh, this, you're great, Francesca's great. Look at this medal. Is it like show off in the family living room or is it in your room? Like, what's what are we doing? Not
3: definitely not showing off in a family living room. That one's mine. That one's in my room. Um, with my little cap as well. Um, it's hanging on on in the little thing in my room. So, um, yeah, that's that's the goal, and I think like that's the motivation. And and it's not you know something to look flashy. Like you said, I you <laughs> it's know <not> I, flex. <laughs> I got my I got no I got my attention when we won enough. So um. It's it's now for me, and it's okay. You want to be back to back to back champions, or you want to be champions in whatever you know mm. cup game or anything you go to, whether it's NPL, whether it's A League. If you have an opportunity to win, that's that's the goal, that's, that's and it always has been. So, yeah, but I, I was wrapped when I got a medal. That was that was a, a whole nother. Um, we're talking about semi final celebrations, the the victory celebration when we won was it's hard to top. So, Come yeah, but I like it. That's I want to recreate that for for Nike FC Cup. I want I want another medal. I want another, <laughs> I want another trophy. So, were yeah.
2: you were you one of that group of people who was uh, over with the the victory active fans at the end of that uh, of that semi final derby? Was that were you in that group? <laughs> yeah, that that, that doesn't. <laughs> I was sur- I sur- the
3: first one to run to support it. <laughs> uh,
2: unbelievably, that 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 doesn't that doesn't shock me all that uh, all that great of a deal. But um, that does you know that experience does give you a pretty. Uh, unique perspective in terms of what it you know, knowing what it takes to win at the absolute top level and even in game uniquely placed to know what it takes to win in games like this in an IKFC Cup semi final. Um sure. But the, the thing is you're not you're not the obviously not the only one in this South Melbourne squad with that sort of A League women's experience. There are a handful of you who have either played or or been around the traps. Do you feel like I think that was sort of one of the things at the start of this season is that Obviously, we knew there was a lot of turnaround, a player turnover for South, the maybe recreating the, the lofty heights that, that South have set for themselves over the years was was going to be a challenge. But I think what a lot, a lot of people were saying is that the, the, the quality of player is, is still absolutely there. Do you feel like this performance against Heidelberg finally gave you guys the, the chance to to show what what this squad of players can do because there there is a talent everywhere you look across the park, even if it is a, you know of a predominantly younger variety.
3: Yeah, I think we, we always say like, we are amazing on paper, we are amazing at training. It's those little moments that I guess the team maybe doesn't have a lot of experience with yet because they're, they're predominantly younger. But it's it's the switch off moments, and it, it was the same in the Box Hill game where we switched off for one minute, and they managed to score mm. two in one minute. It's, um, you know, it's the the two the two goals from, from um, the cup game where you know it was just miscommunication. Our, our backline just didn't communicate. The keeper didn't communicate, and cetera. So, it yeah, hundred percent. I think we just need to needed to find a bit of gel. And, you know, we all came from, you know, different teams where the, we didn't, where there was A League or where there was different clubs, it was just finding that gel and, and there's been a lot of people playing out of positions due to injuries. And, you know, there's, I guess, there's just advantages that keep being thrown to us and, and we had to deal with it. And I think we haven't been just set in a, in a comfortable Starting eleven week after week, work on that same thing because we have had to change positions. You know, I'm not a midfielder predominantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, so for me, switching from being playing wide to playing in the middle of the park is a is a whole different whole different game. So even with me and you know my experience or you know coming from wherever I came from, playing a different position, it, you just feel like you you're starting back in the junior leagues and you're. you're you have to just learn how to kick a ball again and you have to learn, I okay, need to stand like 14 times instead of once football playing winger. Um, so yeah, I think now that everyone's just learned how to play a- any position they get thrown into and, and like I said, that gel, I think we just needed that bit of pump up and everyone getting around us to then go, okay, let, let's lift off. And, and I know like it, it's halfway through the season now, but in saying that anything can happen in this league, mm-hmm. we've, we've seen teams win that we didn't expect to win. We've seen teams lose that we didn't expect to lose. And, um, yeah, a- anything can happen. So I think this was the kind of bit of, yeah, good good, good luck slash – we keep saying good juju. I don't know if that's the <laughs> new word in the team. So, um, yeah, we just needed that push and, and to know that we can do it because we've 100% we've got talent in this team. Well, Francesco
1: um, – Oh, I, saw, I Didn't mean and to yeah. cut you off. You see, you see what? Well, no, I, right? I was too. Eager. I could talk.
3: I could talk all day, guys. <laughs> so you have to cut me off. Trust me. Otherwise, I'll
2: talk all day. No, there's just, nothing wrong there's with not that. So, speaking to players, that. usually it's it's harder <laughs> Hard, to get stuff exactly. out of them than so it we're is. Very we're, happy. we're much preferring uh, <laughs> much preferring cutting someone off as opposed Francesca, to us. Uh,
1: I just want to say thank you for joining us uh, tonight, and you know, good luck for the final in two weeks, and. I hope the good juju stays around because I'm not. I can't stand bad juju. I want good juju for this team, and I hopefully <laughs> you guys can push on from this. And thank you to everybody who's joined us on Radio Dub tonight. We've had a good time being back. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a minute, but you're going to see the fresh face of Lockie He He's the new hooray. He, I guess. Well, Lockie, come on! Don't <laughs> don't do that to yourself.
2: No, it's been good. We've He's we've really had two good. two very good guests yeah. on. Um. Before we before we wrap up the show, we'll yeah. just give it a final thank you to uh, to Francesca oh, Imano. I hope you are. Uh, I said you've got a uh, two weeks left of celebrating to do for this game. I, I'll, we'll let you go and uh, get back to yeah. it. Thank you very much for your time.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, 100. percent Like I said, good juju. So make sure the next two weeks, everyone. <laughs> good juju.
2: <Come> <laughs> <on>. <laughs> brilliant. Thanks. Brilliant. Well, uh, if you if you've missed any of the uh the chats that we've had today with either head coach of uh, of Calder and upcoming head coach of Western United Mark Torcaso uh or with Francesca Iamano, South Melbourne and Melbourne Victory superstar, you can catch them
1: on every platform. Literally any podcast. Literally platform. Any How platform. good is that? Imagine Honestly, just you I can like think that.
2: of a podcast platform and like, "Hey, FNI's on there." Was I can't going to through
1: it. too many and I said all
2: information of them? overload.
1: Come on, all of them. Well, Lockie, thank you for joining me. No, that's been it's been a pleasure, a pleasure to uh, you know have you on the show and You've been a good sub, Avenger level. A I sub? Appreciate. Wow. Yeah, good nice. Sub. Avenger level, maybe you know, See, apparently. the fact
2: that you've referred to me as sub means makes me think that in future you're weeks I will be replaced Absolutely with a, a different plant. Absolutely uh, not.
1: I've, I've seen your resume, and you're staying in. You're staying in.
2: That's, that's in. not what many employers say, so that's a good <laughs> thing. I, I will. Uh, I will take that. <laughs>
1: we'll leave it there, and thank you for everyone for joining us, and we'll see you next week.
2: Pickett,
0: she lays it off. Teresa Palacios. <laughs> it's an absolute. <laughs> we